This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Dell Moore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Simmons from Houseworks. Not quite summer yet, feels a lot like it out there. So the home improvement projects are starting from lawn care to roof, home maintenance. It's not like school, though. There are no summer breaks, so you got to keep doing this stuff. Uh, and today we're looking for your home improvement questions, and later we'll be sharing tips to keep you safe as you work in this Mississippi heat. You can call the jo- uh, you can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How you fellas doing this morning? Doing wonderful. How are you? Very good. How about it, Dell? Oh, man, I'm glad to be here. Y'all hanging in there. So, so what were you working on this week, fellas? Well, we started a room addition in um, in North Bay, actually, in Madison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you can always tell when it's summertime. Why is that? Well, we, we, we tore down an existing deck. It's about 800 square feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told my guys, I said, now, look, we, we, there could be some snakes. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, snakes are waking up now and getting out. And, oh, well, we didn't find snakes, but we found wasps. Oh, oh no! Two two cans of wasp killer later, we we the the wasps were gone. Oh no! So. There was a big one here at the uh, at the station here. There was a swarm at the bottom of these stairs here at the station, and nobody could get by to get into the back door. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so the, bee, the the wasp the took wasp, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, there were those yeah. big giant red ones. Oh you know what man, yes. just real scary. Yes. Anyway, how about you, Dell? What's going on? Well, I um. Managed to take out a door too, and um, you know, underestimated as usual. I thought it would be um, one of those thirty minutes to an hour job, and it wound up being all day. Right, eight to five. Yeah, <laughs> real work. But uh, we got that done, and I'm, I'm also uh, finishing up a gutter system that's um, custom made. Well, you know, um, it's crazy. Dell walks in here with his phone, and he shows me this door that he put in. Right, so he shows you one picture, and one mm-hmm. picture is the old door. Right. The next picture is the new door. And I'm like, that is so HGTV of you, man. There are no in-between shots of, yes. you know, right. bloody fingers or improperly nailed things. or you Oh, know. yes. <laughs> and I have those bruises. Right. Just the before and after. That's no fun. All right. You know what? Let's go ahead and take the calls. Let's. Uh, Eugene is on the line in Madison. What's going on, Eugene? How you doing? Very Look, good. I got a water heater that I've had to light the pilot three or four times in the last month. Yep. And also in that drip pan, <laughs> I noticed it's full of water. Mm-mm. So oh. what do I need to do? Gentlemen? Well, if the if the emergency pan under your water heater is full of water, you have a leak. Um, what the age, the, this water heater must have a little age on it. Uh. 20 years. Oh, it's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> it's now, it's now, do, do you have a pull-down access to your attic, or do you have an attic door on the second level? I got an attic door in, in the ceiling when I go up there to light it. An attic door, a pull-down. Mm-hmm. Disappearing yeah, pull staircase. Down, yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. 
unfortunately, uh, Eugene, yeah, unfortunately, the new water heater that you're going to purchase will not go through that hole anymore. No. You thank, thank our government for that. Right. So, uh, you, you got, you've got an option. Um, put in a tankless. I knew he was going to say that first. Uh, which that's that's the area I'm going. I'm getting rid of my tank. I'm going tankless, or widen that disappearing staircase to get your water heater through that attic, and then um, close it back up and put your disappearing staircase back in. And Jeff, we're assuming that the water leak is what's putting out this pilot light, right? Well, it, it, a lot of pilot, it, it could be that. It could be the wind. Um, in the attic? Well, sure, because it is vented. But, but he said he had okay. water in that pan. And so, and so yeah, when, when as soon as he told me there's water in the pan, yeah. and it's 20 years old. It doesn't matter what's th- going th- on th- with That's the a no-brainer. Yeah. It's done. It is, it's served its useful life. Yeah. And one thing to say also, Eugene, is that when that pilot light is off, that doesn't mean that gas is off. So, uh, well, it should. Yeah. It, yeah. No, it's got a safety valve. Right. So, it does have. Okay. So now everything breaks. Everything has a shelf life. Mm-hmm. So that that's definitely a, a legitimate concern. Uh, but I think it's time to get rid of the old and get new. Yep. Time to move on, Eugene. And if you do, when you're saying getting the new, you, you're saying getting tankless. I would absolutely. It's a little more expensive on the front end. But you never run out of hot water, Eugene. Well, and now that when the water heaters won't fit, it's it's really not that more expensive. Well, the great thing is, is that since he's got a pilot light, we know he's already on gas, so he sure. can just he can make That's the right. switch pretty easy. That's right. All right, yeah. Eugene. I and hope that helped out. Depending on depending on what what style of tankless water heater you can get a ventless well it's, it's not actually vented but it burns about 95% it's so efficient you do not have to vent it through your roof that's amazing so um there there you you need to do your homework and and um figure out how much money you're willing to spend for hot water all right well, let's keep moving. Thanks, Eugene. I hope that helps out. Let's keep going uh, to Frank and Madison. What's going on, Frank? Well, I got a, a, a rental property, mm-hmm. and it's a house is built on a slab, and then sometime later, a concrete patio is poured in the on the back of the house. Right. And the concrete patio is not attached to the house, it, and it's pulled away just oh maybe a half inch. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know water is going down in there, yep. and I want to patch that, stop the leak, and I'm debating on getting just some good caulk and a caulk gun and put a heavy bead of caulk or get some of this expanding foam because I know that'll go down in a crack and fill up all the void spaces. It'll also push question. your concrete further away if you do it wrong. <laughs> it can. <laughs> um so, fellas, what do you think? Uh, now, when you say caulk, you're talking about like some of the stuff like you fix a driveway with or concrete, yeah. you know, yeah, some, that sort of thing. Concrete patch, right? Um, uh, I think Quickcrete makes a good one. Uh, that's I'm leaning towards that that area, Frank. Before I'm doing expanding foam, expanding foam okay. has its has its place in the world, but uh, fixing a crack between your concrete patio in your home is not one of them no and remember you're going to squirt that foam in there it's only job in the world is to expand and you just put it between the two things you want to go together yeah and i'm not sure that's watertight anyway 
I don't, I don't think that's going to keep the water out. All right. Uh, all right. Appreciate it, Frank. Thanks a lot. You, you know bet. what? Thank you. Thanks, Frank. I, you know, I wanted to bring something up. We got an email this week, and uh, fellas, I want you to listen. Everybody, this is really neat, okay? It's Mississippi. We get tornadoes constantly. We talk about this all the time, but I found something, okay? Um, Susan sent this in with the USDA. Uh, she got this cool email. All right, you ready for this? Forest Products Laboratory, in partnership with Home Innovation Research Labs, has developed a wooden residential tornado shelter that meets industry safety standards and can be built into an existing home using readily available materials and tools. It's an eight by eight foot room that can be built by either a local contract or even possibly assembled by a handy homeowner. And uh, they have all the information you need to build this tornado shelter with wood in your own home, uh, along with how to videos online. I was absolutely floored with that. They even have videos of it testing this tornado shelter between wind and, you know, things hitting it. Sure. You know, that's a – if if that would work, uh that that, that would be a great uh, thing for a – a handyman or something to, to, to build, or even the homeowner. Yeah, well, it's, you know, the great thing is, is that the the most important thing they said here is that common wood that you would use from any any um, retailer, I guess. Sure. You don't have to get anything special there. You just go grab, you know, two-by-fours and whatnot, mm-hmm. and, and you make this uh, shelter. But I just think that's amazing, because when you can get... We can make stuff out of these sort of materials. That's the cheapest way to go. Uh, yeah. So uh, to be able to buy two by fours and uh, and and uh, you know plywood that sort of thing. Well, uh, I think that's really important. And if it's something that you want to look at, I just wanted to kind of put that out there. By the way, there is a website, and I'm going to give that website. And then I guess Java, you'll put this on the. Uh, on the podcast afterwards, and, uh, and and so you can find it online at mpbonline.org. But here it is if you want to write it down. It's, uh, of course, the three W's, then FPL, Frank Paul Larry, dot FS, dot FED, like Fed, and dot US. Go to that site, and Java, of course, will have it on our website when the show is posted a little bit later on. And you can see those instructions to build that 8x8 wooden certified tornado shelter. Pretty cool. All right, uh, you know, we're going to be coming back here in just a minute. It's time for us to take our first break. Today, we're answering your home improvement questions. Also, we've got some tips uh, that you need to keep in mind when you're working in that Mississippi heat, of which, how is it like 90-something in May? Anyway... Tips to go for everyone from novice to pro coming up. You can call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Del Moore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Today we're looking for your home improvement questions, checking our May maintenance list and keeping you cool as the days get longer and hotter. What is that about? 
It's already summer. It was like mid-bank. That's <laughs> right. insane. It's normal. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email us, fixit101 at mpbonline.org. I forgot to mention this weekend, you guys mentioned what you were working on. This weekend, I put in, this was like my big contribution to the world. I put in a sound bar for the television. Oh, nice. Yeah. Man. Well, you got to do those things. You know I mean? That's out there. Oh, and I vacuumed the filter for the air conditioning because I got one of those permanent filter things, and now I just vacuum it out every week. Wow. Okay. Yeah, makes it a lot easier. Anyway, all right, so uh, got another email here that I wanted to talk about, and this is going to be interesting. Um, is it dangerous? That's a great way to start a question right. on this show. <laughs> Probably <Here>. is. <laughs> oh. Right. Hold this. Right, yeah. <laughs> Is it dangerous to keep using a wall switch for a fluorescent light over the sink that often won't turn on or only after a while? Yeah, no, I don't think it's dangerous. I think the ballast is going the out. Ballast is going uh, out. Which is the starter for that fluorescent light bulb. It's called a ballast, mm-hmm. and that's probably what's going on. Um, but you know well, what? I don't think it's from a danger level. I don't think it's dangerous. No, but Alice, I, w- I will tell you that, you know, at this point, if you're having a problem with ballast on that fluorescent light issue, this might be the perfect time to go ahead and change that out to an LED. Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I would do anyway, just for, of course, you know. Yeah. Um, however, unless there's you know, nothing is going to happen, though, electrically. Electrically, yeah. There's nothing going. In other words, this thing's not gonna. But they can just stop working. Yeah, it'll stop working <clears throat> eventually. Um, so, so yeah, I think you should just go ahead and replace that whole fixture with, with that. And I'm sure that's flustering when you hit the light switch and then the light don't come on. And then well, it'll take a little while and, and it'll flicker and you know might come on and everybody's you know, been in a business office with fluorescent lights that it did that. Right. So. Anyway, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. I had another email that said, I have a small house and need to hire someone to rake the leaves off the roof. I thought that was neat. And she said, I'm afraid of liability issues. Can I hire an insured person to do such a small job? You gentlemen can answer that one. That's right. Yes. We do it all the time. Check, check, check insurance. You you do not want, you know, and that and that's a good point. Because they, anytime that anytime that person gets on your property, mm-hmm. I don't care if they're raking leaves or, or or anything. You want that person to be insured because if they're not insured, you you will insure them. Yeah, mm-hmm. we do. <laughs> so yeah, anytime you hire someone to do a service around around your home. Check license and check insurance. It's very, very easy to do those two things. So what happens if they don't have insurance and are injured, say, like working on that roof on the property? Well, you know, now I'm I'm no attorney, Mm -hmm. but but this is what I think will happen. You're acting as your own contractor. You hire someone to do some work around your house. You do not do the due diligence. That person gets hurt on your property. They they hire an attorney. The next thing you know, you are involved in a lawsuit mm-hmm. with someone that got hurt on your property, and all all you wanted was your house painted, right, <laughs> right, or your or your roof breaking off. Yeah. So I mean, take a minute. It only takes a minute to check. If if obviously you're going to check their references, right. So check and see if they have insurance. Yeah, 
okay. and make them prove it. That's do, solid. Do, do not let them give you a certificate off of the dashboard of their truck. Make the insurance company tell them you want a certificate from their insurance company emailed to you. There you go. Wow. So, so Jeff, you're telling me when Timmy comes to cut my lawn, I need to have him email me. Uh, <laughs> it's, I, I know. I, That's hey, good. Talking about look, the kid that cuts your look, lawn every weekend. We, yeah. we, are, we are in a very litigious society, and yeah. unfortunately, um, Java, you're right. It, it's coming to that, unfortunately, in this country. That is so a, a window get broken out, you want that um, replaced. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about getting bodily, bodily injury, but but again, yeah, definitely the bodily covers everything. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, let's go to the phone real quick. Kelly's on the line in Ocean Springs, and what kind of issue do you have going on today, Kelly? Hey, so our air return closet inside the house mm-hmm. has a draft that comes through, and in addition to that, we seem to have an excessive amount of dust that builds up in the house, as well as outdoor odors like smoke gets in the house. Mm. It's my understanding that we need to seal where the attic meets, I guess, the interior of the home. But I'm not sure I understand who, like, who do we call to, to make that happen. Wow. I, uh, hang on. Let's kind of take that apart a little bit. First right. of all, that you're okay. smelling the outside smells. Um, yes. and And obviously no windows open, things like that. Right. Um, it's interesting because, you know, the air that it's, quote, conditioning – is actually the air from inside your home. It's not That's taking true. anything from the outside of your home. That's true. So it might be two problems. <laughs> right, right. That's what I'm saying. Um, gosh. How, how old is your home? Um, it was built in 96, but I, I will say that the caulking around some of the windows looks a little suspicious, like it may need to be re- recalled. That would be reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I am suspecting the top plate... Uh, which is that's the top of your walls in your house, if you will. If you get up in the attic, you'll see where they've drilled holes in the top plate and run plumbing pipes down through and mm-hmm. wires and all that kind of stuff. All of those holes need to be sealed. Okay. Uh, Interesting. A, a good way to check this is walk up to your receptacle uh, with a lighter or a smoke can uh, and put it in front of that receptacle and see if you're getting any movement, any air movement. Okay. Uh, Kelly, that's really common, by the way. It it's is very, very common. common, and especially in a little bit uh, older home. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, uh, you, you need to seal those penetrations through that top plate. Right. They also make something, Kelly, that you can buy. It's kind of kind of a Band-Aid approach to this. Uh, they make a little foam insert that will go behind yep. the wall plate that you, you know, where the outlet plate, you know, uh-huh. um, it's kind of like a, a foam insulation thing that is designed to stop that air movement. I don't know how effective they are. I'm just saying I've seen it. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is. It's an easier way to do. Ultimately, if you can get to that top plate, and sometimes those are very difficult to get to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's even more difficult this time of year because right. it's you know 100 degrees outside and it's 200 in your in attic. Your attic, right? Um, right. But but let's let's just lay out. That's the two options there. Um, and then I'm I'm kind of suspecting that you could have some uh, leakage in your ductwork, including your 
uh, fresh air return in your unit. Um, okay. Now, did you say you were getting air coming in through uh, that closet? Yes. Like during the wintertime when it's cold, if I open that closet okay. and nothing is on, you can feel cold air coming in and you can see some light. Okay, so it's a so, two-story home. Okay, so your so your heater closet is not enclosed, huh? So that um, that needs to happen. Okay. <laughs> um, it sounds like is your heater closet on the second level? No, it's on the it's on the first floor. It's on the first floor. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, it must be a chase. Um, I, I I think I I think I'm going to call a. Reputable heat and air company, and and um, get some recommendations. Let them check my ductwork, check my for air leakage, things of that nature. Okay. All right, Kelly. So they could check the ductwork. And... Absolutely. Okay. All right, great. I'll do that. I Thanks, hope, Kelly. I hope that helps. Appreciate right, it. Thank you get to the next step. Let us know. Uh, you know what? And uh, I've got an email that that echoes that a little bit, Jeff. That kind of plays into that a little bit. Um, they say, will homeowner's insurance typically cover wall rot and mold due to leaky pipe and improper ventilation in a bathroom? First of all, they don't cover mold. So, Jeff, you can uh, take it from there. Okay, that's the... Will homeowner's insurance typically cover wall oh. rot and mold due to leaky pipes and improper ventilation in a bathroom? Okay, um, insurance... Some policies will get rid of it and not do the putback. Now, what does that mean? Well, cut out all the uh, all the microbial growth, all the mold, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but 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 they won't pay to put it back, which is kind of oh, that's a bummer, kind of, kind of ridiculous. But there <laughs> there is one there's one particular insurance company out there that is famous for that. I thought the whole gig was to make uh, you whole. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Um, so. Insurance companies will pay for the leaky pipe. They'll pay for access to the leaky pipe and pay for all the damage caused by the leaky pipe, but they're not going to pay for repairing the leaky pipe. Um, okay. That, but, and, and, and that's going to be the smallest part of those charges. Wow, really? <laughs> yes. Okay. So, um, yeah, it sounds very so much not, like you have an insurance claim. So you're saying it's not worth dinging your deductible for this? Depends on how much water damage you have. Right. Uh, let's get past the mold. The mold is easy. Yeah. Um, if the water leak has damaged your flooring, your cabinets, mm. sure, you probably have a have enough damage to warrant a claim. Right. Um, but not just a wall. I don't think so. No. Not 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 just a sheetrock wall. No. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, cut it out. That's get out your sheetrock patched. And and paint and move on. Well, a giant piece of sheetrock is like twelve bucks. So yeah, you know, I mean it's not so, a big deal. No, no. And even if you hired someone to do that, you know, you probably get that done for five or six hundred dollars plus paint. Right. All right. Uh, number to call is eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. It's time for another break. When we come back, we've got a few tips for staying cool in the heat while completing your home improvement projects. So needed and so weird in May. Anyway, while working outside, you might not realize how hard your body is working. Try digging something. It really works hard. 
Uh, so stay tuned for these tips on staying safe in the heat. You can also call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Delmore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our MPB public media app. Today is our open topic show. We're looking for your home improvement questions. And um, we've got, as a matter of fact, now, Jeff, you got to remember, Jeff and Dell, you guys are contractors. You say things. It goes by very fast, and it's no big deal. But when you say them, they are big. So here it is. Trish in Laurel says, how do you fix mold? And the reason why she says that is because Jeff says, yeah, mold's easy. You just fix it. Oh, everybody. I yeah, got yeah, you. Okay. I got you. So Trish is on the line. What's going on, Trish? That was my question. How do you fix it? You know, mold, I live in a really, really, really old house. And even around the windows where there's been so much sweat, there's yes. not mold. Okay. And I was, that's what I'd like to teach me how to fix it. <laughs> okay. Well, we don't have enough um, uh, time <laughs> to, to, to do that. But, but let, no, let's... I mean, just let, remove it. Is let, vinegar do it? Well, they, they make chemicals that, that you want to spray on. Most of them are called a mildicide. Uh, but go to your okay. janitorial supply... Uh, near your home and, and buy something to do that. But let's take that one step further. Mold needs two things to grow, food and water. Uh, so let's let's stop one of them. Let's stop the water. When we stop the water, we stop the mold. The food source is always there. Sheetrock is a food source, but, so, but let's stop the water. Um, it sounds like you have single-pane windows. They're sweating when the air temperature yeah. changes from inside yeah. to outside. Okay, change the windows out to a insulated vinyl window. That 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 solves your water problem. That that solves the the uh, um, window from sweating. And you probably have an aluminum single-pane window, correct? Right. Okay. Yeah. So you know, there again, change it out to a insulated vinyl window. And we've talked about this, Trish. It's not, uh, everyone thinks when they think of new windows, they think of a new car. Yeah. Uh, but it's not nearly as expensive as you might think. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. And, okay. and two, you know, you're, you're going to save, uh, you're going to save on utilities. You're going to say the, the appearance of your home looks better. I think it just makes you feel better mm-hmm. all the way around. Well, it'll also save yeah. you having to pull a bunch of sheetrock out. Well, so, true. Yeah. True. All right, Trish. Good. Thank you. Thank you very much, man. We appreciate it. Um, Okay, I've got a neat question here from online uh, from Kent. He says, we have purchased a home that has a Rubbermaid storage shed that is set up in a drainage channel. Uh, We'd like to dismantle the shed and then reassemble it in a new location. We can't figure out how to get the roof panels off as they seem secured in a roof channel along the ridge. Suggestions. Kent, I've got one of these Rubbermaid things at my house. Um, and it's a storage shed. But, I mean, couldn't you just move it without taking it apart? Well, 
one thing I was just about to say to Kent was I had to move this one uh, from Birmingham, Alabama, to okay. here. And what we did was just took everything out of it and picked it up and moved it. Yeah. That was the easiest way to do it. A two-person job easily, but it, honestly, I was able to move the thing by myself and picked it up over my head and put it over a fence. Yeah. It's seven feet tall, but you can do that. It's it's plastic. Right. You know? So um, no big deal. You can do that, or I can tell you the way they're put together are these, these uh, big plastic pins, okay, that have what looks like a nail head on the top. Right, mm-hmm. but but bigger, you know, about the size of a about the size of a nickel is the nail heads on the top. But it's made of plastic, and on the bottom, it's got a little rubber grommet that, when you push it into the hole, and then you go to try to pull it back, the grommet holds on mm. to the roof. So the only way out of that is to push those grommets back through the hole, which breaks them. Yeah. So so if you can pick that thing up, or you know what, get yourself a um, a uh, a dolly. And, and and put it yeah. on one side of that dolly. I promise. It, it, I know those things look big, it but they're not it heavy. Yeah, yeah. It, it shouldn't be heavy. Maybe get a four wheeler and help you or something. Right. All right. Number to call is eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Starting to get hot out there. And um, uh, Dell, have you been on a roof since the heat? Oh yes, every day, and uh, it is getting hot out there. But uh, that's what we expect. So we condition ourselves, you know, we got um, sunscreen on and um, hats and shades. Right. <laughs> you know, wall spray and everything else, but uh, it's so no way around the heat. Have you ever been called over, like the person that uh, emailed in a little bit earlier, have you ever been called to someone's house just to kind of clean off the roof? Oh, yeah, we do it all the time. Um, several of our repeated customers, they'll get us to um, blow the roof off, clean out the gutters, just uh, routine maintenance. Okay. A lot of time now, their landscaping people are just referring. Oh man, uh, I don't. You know, they don't go up the ladder. That's what they'll say. The, the lawn maintenance people with mm-hmm. like the blowers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But they keep the yard fine. Everything on the ground fine. So mm-hmm. when they see us out with those long ladders, they'll say, "Hey, get your roofer to blow that valley out or right clean those gutters out." And it always come back to us. I'm like, wow! So, so we just started a new service of uh, it wouldn't just be, blowing roofs off. Or, yeah, it wouldn't be unreasonable to call a roofer just to have it blown off. No, because they mm-hmm. they experience we yeah, walk in the true. roof, okay, and they can detect other unseen damage while they're up there. Like, well, and they're and, unlikely to fall off. Uh, true, and too, if you leave that they're debris up there, if you leave the debris in the valley, it's going to leak. And it it's will, yeah, it will destroy That's the right. roof. That's right. Yeah. And you see the trees growing in your gutter and, and in those valleys. <laughs> trees in the gutter. Those roots go th- straight through your uh, shingles down through the decking. Wow. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's talk to Art in Madison. What's going on, Art? Oh, good morning. Uh, just a comment about uh, about replacing those uh, single pane windows. Yes, sir. It, it depends on the house as to whether it's going to cost the price of a car or not. (laughs) (laughs) And I say that not because of the number of windows, but it's probably your older homes that have the single-pane windows. Right. And older homes have lead-based paint. Right. And that's what's going to cost you, is when the guy comes in and says, hey, I can't replace these windows without removing all this lead-based paint. And I've got to put this big pin over your house to do that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, Art, you, you can replace that window without without removing can that you? trim. Absolutely. 
Okay. Yep. All right. Well, and that's assuming it's a standard size. We don't know how old this house is. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, you, you can you can order your windows, and if it's going in brick, I'm going to order them a quarter inch undersized. I'm going to replace them from the outside. I'm going to. I went to one of the big box stores, and it was a standard size window. And of course, they sent a guy out, and he says, "Man, said the, uh, the the cost of the window itself and the installation is not going to be that much. No. But I'm going to have to get rid of all this leftover paint." Yeah, that, that's when you need to call a different contractor because you could actually leave the trim around that window, and and put your put your new window in without removing that trim. Always good to get three quotes. Yeah, case down. All right, thanks, Art. Appreciate it. Let's move on to uh, Brandon and Tupelo. What's going on, Brandon? Hey, man, how are y'all? Good. Good, good. Uh, my wife and I we recently purchased a house, and the outside is got western is a western cedar and then stack rock at the bottom. My question is, uh, the house was probably built in 2017, uh, and I, it needs to be cleaned. It's got that black, I don't know if it's like a black top type mold or yeah. dirt or what. Uh, is it safe to use a pressure washer like on a soft wash, or is it better just to do like a garden hose and, and use Clorox on it? I've heard some people say that with a pressure washer that the wood can splinter if you get too much pressure on it. That that that, that wood is soft. It really is. And cedar. Yeah. yeah. Um I like a water hose and a brush, actually. Yeah, just okay. a, just a garden hose, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and like the Clorox, it should pull, like with a brush, it should pull most of that up. What, we're wanting to have it sealed back up, you know, water seal, so I'm going to get it clean good before, you know, we we go, you know, do that. So, Honestly, I, I've never used uh, a bleach on cedar. Does that work out? Uh, I've heard... Uh, I mean, I don't like bleach at all. I, I would just get a good um, house wash. I mean, that's not expensive, right? Um, and then you know, if you get that on you, it's not going to bleach your clothes like bleach would, right? Or right. hurt your flower bed. Yeah, but yeah, and we we talked about this because uh, thank you. That's a really good uh, point to make, Dale, about the flower bed and all the bleach. Um, but yeah, yeah, you ever bought a bush called six fifty? All right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you start thinking about it. <laughs> All right, Brandon, does that help out? It does, man. Appreciate it. Thank y'all. Yes, sure. sir. Thank you. Let's keep on moving. We'll go to uh, Laurie and Jackson. What's going on, Laurie? Uh, yes, I wanted to find out uh, what to use other than just bleach to clean a brick patio. Uh, well, you know, we were just talking about this with the, with the cedar, but mm-hmm. for a, a while back, I was asking Dell how to clean my wooden deck, and his suggestion seems to go right with with pretty much everything. Is that if you use a a, a mild solution house wash type thing, uh, and get yourself, and I mentioned this last week, get yourself a scrub brush that is on, uh, you know, a, um, a broom handle. Mm-hmm. If I lay the one that you don't have to get down on hands and knees, and that seems to be what they're recommending as being the best way to do it. And you can get two different types of bristles: the, um, the real hard one or the soft one. You know, like shampooing it. Right. But in her case, all she needs is a patio wash, something that specifically says um, brick or concrete or whatever you're washing. Have you seen that stuff before, Laurie? No, I haven't. Okay, yeah, they do offer it at the uh, at 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 all of your uh, hardware stores, local or big box, 
and you know you just pick it up and usually it's a it's a solution that's pre-made or you can buy some concentrate and, and make mm-hmm. that but yeah just spray it on get that brush out and brush it real good and then hose it off that's it all right now if it's hey. real bad on those bricks we'll have to get out the amino acid but you definitely Ooh. want your gloves and, and all your safety gear then because it's going to get, you know, Yeah, dangerous. try the regular stuff first, Laurie, before you get into things that you have to buy at a nuclear warehouse. <laughs> All right, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 is the number to call. And uh, we do have another email here that says, I want to paint. All right, this is going to be great. I want to paint my 30-year-old kitchen cabinets, mm. which have varnish on them. Can you give me a step-by-step instructions? Okay, guys, do you have to take the varnish off? So you need to degrease them first, you know, and then whatever you're going to do. Like a 409 degreasing kind of thing? Yeah, a green gunk or something. Right. So can you paint over varnish? No. No? No, you've got to deglaze that. You've got to sand them down Um, and script them. So so you can leave, can you leave the varnish on and sand it a little bit so it's got a rougher uh, surface? Yeah, screen coat. Yeah, I I think they make a product called, um, I think it's called Sand and Seal. Um, Maybe a painter will call us and help us. Right. But I think I think that you have to brush that on there, you, and then sand the cabinet. Uh, otherwise, your new paint is not going to stick to that varnish, and and that and that's your issue. Okay, yeah, and that's what the sanding is. Yeah. yeah, either you, you sand it, or you take a um, a, a block seal uh, type of primer and squeak it and kind of build. Your Would you suggest up. using any sort of chemical on it to get the if varnish you're off? Strip it. You yeah, can use it. a um, you know. That um, the stripper, chemical strippers, the yeah. Down there. Scripper, take the varnish off. Well, it'll also take your skin it. off. So that's going to be a big, big job right there. That's, hey, but you will get a clean start. <laughs> you will, but it's 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 a messy uh, gig. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they got the odorless. And I, I think I think the sand and sealer would probably do it. We're, and, we're hoping. Hey, if you're a painter. Like a big time painter, and you yeah. do this for a living, give us a call and help us out. The number to call is 877 MPB Ring. That's 877 672 7464. Now, working out in that heat, uh, some of the stuff that you want to that you want to hear, and this is something that Dell referred to earlier because, okay, so it's like a billion degrees outside, mm-hmm. right? And we were talking about what you were wearing on the roof. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting because you mentioned you were pretty much fully clothed. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred something degrees up there, and you're on that black roof, completely clothed. Why is that, Dell? Uh, for protection, and, and it keeps my skin cool. You and know. a lot of people don't know that they want to put on shorts and everything else. But direct sunlight is going to be warmer than if you have something mm-hmm. over your skin. And and then in my field, we have blowing um, fiberglass in the air and all type of, you know. Sawdust, right. rock dust, um, you know, just all type of debris out. So you want to be um, dressed properly. I, I tell men, don't wear short pants and flip-flops on one of my jobs. Please don't do that because we're up on the roof. You need your shoes tired, tightly laced up, boots, you know, safety hats, gloves. And those, well, those are having your shoes tied properly and tightly is a safety issue. 
Yeah, when you're up on a roof, talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's crazy. No loose belts because you can't be holding your pants if you're up on the uh, twelve and twelve. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got to try to hang on for so dear guys, life. Uh, do roofers use suspenders more often than other yeah, people? Yeah, I got some it? overalls. <laughs> you know the. Over the top, okay. to keep them up, and, and so I can um, harness out. Okay, probably one of the biggest things that uh, that I learned over the years is, man, pace yourself. Take a bunch of breaks. Oh yes, it's uh, hard to do, but you got to do it. Yeah, yeah, and I know, I know, you get down real close on the project, and you're like, if I just do another couple of mm-hmm. these, I'll be done. You'll be stop. Dead. You'll be dead. <laughs> right? Yeah. Dead. Stop. Just take your time. Eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's 877-672-7464. It's time for our last break of the hour. You still have time to get your home improvement questions answered this morning. So give us a call at 877-MPB ring. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Dale Moore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our MPB Public Media app. Also, you can uh, listen to the rebroadcast every Saturday at 9 right before Gestalt Gardner. Pretty cool, huh? I have an email here that just kind of blew my mind a little bit, guys. I'm going to need help with. All right, here we go. Dear gentlemen, I could really use some advice. I have a house built in 1936 through 1938. Uh, It's a family home. There are lots of things I'm trying to rectify, and I'm really frustrated. I have a large metal shed that uh, had a new roof put on in 2011. It leaks, and I I can't get the original roofer over to fix it. Who may I call to get a new roof? Don't answer yet. Okay. Next, I have a bay window that leaks and needs to be replaced. It will have to be a custom insulation. Who do I call? Hang on. Don't answer yet. I have a delightful log cabin that needs to be winterized and made weather tight for living. It needs a kitchen, too. Who do I call? Don't answer yet. Um, I have two columns in the back on a glassed-in porch that are sinking. I need them stabilized. Who may I call? The porch was stabilized, but the column supports are not. We're talking 12 by 40 porch. Any assistance would be greatly appreciated. Um, And she says they would have to be able to work with a woman, too. I'm at my wit's end. Thank you very much. (laughs) So what we've got here, we've got a a, a roof issue on this shed. We have a... A bay window that will need to be replaced, that will be need to be custom. Mm-hmm. We have a kitchen install into a cabin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, in that in that same cabin, it needs to be winterized. It is a log cabin, so winterizing will take a minute. Um, so you need all that stuff. Plus, she's got some sinking problems with columns going on. Right. Oh, yes. So. So we've got like, about three, four different contractors here, or I guess you guys would suggest getting a good general? Very much so. Exactly. Get, get, get a general contractor uh, that you can work with, mm-hmm. 
that y'all can get along. You can be friends at the beginning of the job and be better friends at the end. Mm-hmm. To make sure y'all can communicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, interview you a couple and um, and go from there. Yeah, I would suggest. And uh, let's see, this was this is from. Uh, well, I'll just say Southern. Uh, but all you have to do is go to MSBOC. Mm-hmm. That's M S B O C. That's the Mississippi State Board of Contractors. Um, and and find you a couple of general contractors in there and interview. Sure, and that's I, right. The 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 uh, MSBOC itself recommends you do three uh, contractors. You you get three estimates. Do as many as it takes. Right, you're right. But find the right person, as Jeff said. The the person is going to matter the most when you're hiring that contractor. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think that that is more important. Um, to me than the price. Well, and that um, person's going to hire subs that you would actually have in your home. That's right. You know? <laughs> so, so. Uh, again, get the right general. Okay. So, All right. Uh, I hope that helps out. But the biggest thing, get a general contractor, go to MSBOC to find those, and that should make it pretty quick. Michelle is on the line in Meridian. What's going on, Michelle? Uh, yes, we're going to need a new roof, gutters, probably the soffits replaced, and then we're going to uh, have to paint the house. In what order do I do this? Wow. Gentlemen, in what order should she do roof, soffits, and painting? And gutters. And gutters. And gutters. I almost sound like she had it right. Um, <laughs> Top down? Yeah, I would. Well, I would. Oh, I would probably do my woodwork first. I would. That's yeah. right, Dale. Do, do, your, do your woodwork first and get that painted. Mm-hmm. Then so so there's no way that you can get paint on a new roof if the paint's mm-hmm. already been done. Okay, or the wrong overhang. So do do your do your like Dale said. Do your woodwork and your paint. Um, do your roof and then put your gutter on last. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then how many layers of shingles can you have before they have to be removed? Don't ever do a roof over. No, would, just would, would you recommend two is the limit? But you should always remove. Your shingles before you roof. Yeah. Okay. No, don't put a roof on top of a roof. No, man. You're just yeah. trapping water. Okay. That's good. All right. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you. Bye-bye. We Bye. found out a roof on top of a roof can leak 46 feet away from where it's coming in at. And now, how are you going to find that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. All right. Uh, Dave's on the line in Tupelo. What's going on, Dave? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Oh, oh, you were talking about those cabinets. Are you a I pro, did. Dave? Uh, yes, I do this for a living. There you oh, go. Cool. There yeah. we go. Okay, now tell you, us get, some techniques. you get completely. You're in charge right this moment. Tell, <laughs> tell us how to do how we got varnished cabinets that we want paint on. Step one. What's the best thing, sand or scripping? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I would sand. I would sand between coats as well. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I would sand and then go back with an oil base. I don't know. I mean, it depends on if you want to prime them. I don't know the color, the stain. I thought we want to take the varnish off and paint them. See, I wouldn't. I would go back and paint with oil-based paint. That way your varnish and your paint can bond after you've sanded. Oh, great. Smart. Yes. Now, you can paint latex on top of, like, a oil base, like Kiehl's. Uh You can do that, but I think eventually over time they're going to peel just because water and oil don't mix. But you can. they say you can't do that. You can't put latex can't put oil on top of latex 
but I would sand between coats. That way you get a good bonding surface. So you're not, would paint you're not talking about sanding down to the wood the first time. You're just talking about getting it roughed up? Yes, because like I said, the oil base will bond together. The long oil in the paint will bond nice. together. So, so, so whenever I do cabinets like that, I sand them real good. I don't sand them to the wood necessarily, but I sand them, make sure there are no imperfections because you're going to use probably a high-gloss paint. Mm-hmm. What grade of sandpaper would you use? Uh, I would start out with just like a 120. Okay, okay so you're pretty fine. fine yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. I wouldn't go too bad. I mean, if you rough it up, then you've got to sand it again to ensure you don't have scratches showing. Right. You know what I mean? Because you're going to have a slick surface. Right. But I would I would sand with two grits. I would go back with a 220 after that. But wow. on the second coat, I would go with a 220, and that way your third coat will be perfectly smooth. What's this dude doing three coats? Right. I would do two possibly, but uh, I don't believe in one coat paint. Yeah, me neither. Okay. I don't believe it. They say it, and it never happens. <laughs> would you thin your paint down a little bit? I would on the second one. Mm-hmm. The first one you want to, I guess I always thin paint down just a little bit. To make it consistent, you know. But um, I think that on the second coat, I thin it down a little more because you've already put your color on there. Somebody so asked how do you keep it from dripping? You know what? We're going to have to catch that next week because we are seriously out of time. Appreciate the help, Dave. We really appreciate when the pros call in. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. For Dell Moore and Jeff Sammons, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.